Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Fenton, and this is Your Health Matters. This podcast is here to help you learn more about your health and the healthcare system so that you can advocate for what you need. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you. I interviewed my strength and conditioning coach, Allison Tenney, and I've just had such an amazing time doing her strength program over the past year. It has taught me so much about myself and learning when to put on the gas and take off the gas and really stepping into my body in a new way. And in true fashion, Allison really delivers in this conversation in talking about strength and just the fitness industry in general and the impact that it has on women. So without further ado, here is my interview with Allison. Hi, Allison. How's it going, Jackie? Good. How are you? I am so good. So happy to be here with you. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited to um, have you here today and just kind of share how your journey in the in the fitness world and yeah, I'm just excited about it because you've been my my coach now for a year. I a know. year. Whole year inside the den, which is my online strength training program. It's so fun being able to coach you and women like you. And I just I just love it. I'm excited to, to talk about it. Yeah. It's been it's been really fun for me because I did strength training, you know, growing up for for tennis and um would sporadically do it as an adult, but not very consistently because, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this before, but just like being a dancer for a long time and then also having a coach for a long time growing up, it's really hard for me to do stuff without having someone there as an accountability. Mm -hmm. I find that to be true for most people, like who doesn't need accountability um, and it just depends on what season of life you're in and where you're needing that accountability. Um, and typically, I can't speak for all people that have grown up in athletics or around sport, but it's been trained into us to have somebody else program or tell you what to do or provide that structure really for you to be successful in your sport. Um, so I find I attract a lot of people that have some type of sport background or that really like that accountability or that community piece um, around their movement practice. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so important. I find it within my yoga studio too, especially right now since we're we're virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing that I notice is like if people don't have their cameras on, they'll tell me afterwards that like they were looking at their phone or doing something else and having a hard time focusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like it just an invitation to turn on your camera. It doesn't matter ex- if you're not following us along exactly. It's just like supposed to be that time for you. So um, keep the camera on for the accountability of doing something. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually, it reminds me of, um, I was finishing up a a group coaching call with my Wolfpack, which is another um, group that I run. And one of the women made a comment like, I had never thought that during these um, calls, I could lie down or be in my bed 
or like be in my like cozy pajamas. And I think we have a lot of these ideas around like what we quote unquote should do or how we should show up um, to for it to be appropriate or for it to count. And I think sometimes just turning your camera on, even if whatever you're in your pajamas or like how we allow people to show up in our spaces allows for more freedom for ways of people to show up. And then you kind of take away these ideas around perfection or how you should be. And I think it gives uh, people more permission to show up like how they are in the moment um, instead of like, well, it's not perfect, so I can't show up at all. Um, And I find that to be very powerful. So that accountability piece um, and also the permission to show up however you are in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's a really great point because turning on your camera, uh, at least for yoga stuff, even if your house is messy behind you and you just kind of accept that, then you're probably more willing to accept like your practice is just what it is on the mat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Allison, how did you get into having the den and just where you are now? <laughs> stuff. I always say my origin story is with sport, truly. Um, Soccer. I grew up as a competitive soccer player. So that was my entry into movement and into a lot of other things. I don't know, maybe we'll we'll get there. Identity and beliefs and and habits around, um, around my body. But after I graduated college, was working at a law firm and decided not to go the law route um, and instead became a volunteer coach at my alma mater. And I've been coaching youth soccer. So I, you know, coaching soccer is really was the life. And when I took a job, uh, division one coaching soccer, there was a need in the strength and conditioning um, part of the program that needed filling. And so I stepped into that role. So I was this hybrid position of coaching soccer um, on the field, but also doing all of the strength and conditioning off the field. So in the weight room and I was programming, um, you know, the the fitness for their summer and off season stuff and really um, finding this intersection of how can we keep players healthy and fit for playing on the field while also incorporating all of the things that they need off the field. So that was my entry into fitness really and strength and conditioning. And then as I got older, as life happened, um, you know, I had two kids, they grew up on the soccer field at the university. um, And then we moved away, which basically forced my hand into going all in, for my online fitness business. So I'd started it as kind of this side hustle and had some alumni reach out to me to do their workouts because I had programmed for them for, you know, four years. Right. And then of course, like the neighbors kind of hear what you're doing and see you doing <laughs> some stuff in the garage. So, the, you know, I'd started the side hustle um, and then at one point just went all in. Um, and when we moved away from basically my soccer community and my soccer job, um, I decided, Hey, this online strength and conditioning, really, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. And I had been having a lot of conversations with my online community already about inner strength, outer strength, uh, 
racism, sexism, how do these things show up? How do these oppressive systems show up and how are we dealing with them? Um, and so I was doing a lot of learning around those conversations as well as I was diving into the online space um, and decided to use my business as a platform, not to necessarily teach those things, but for me to learn about them myself. Um, I really believe that strength and strength training can be this wonderful vehicle uh, for self-growth and self-discovery. And I love bringing that, my expertise in programming um, and in that sport and athletic fields, along with these conversations around why are we strength training? What are the beliefs you have around your body? Um, and how can we deepen that practice? And I love using strength training to have those conversations. Yeah, it, I, that's at least what I get from you with uh, doing, <laughs> being in your program. And I really appreciate that, um, especially as a woman where, I mean, I don't think I ever personally felt super intimidated about being in the in the weight room because my dad was really great about that as like a teenager. Like he would bring us in and be like, this is your space, like you yeah. just do it. So I don't, I didn't ever feel like personally weird going to the gym and like lifting, but I know that a lot of women experience that. And I also know like not only that, but like within yoga, women feel weird about being in a group class and other people being able to see them and, and move. And, um, so I really appreciate that you bring that into, um, into your business. And also just, I really feel that, uh, doing all the strength training with you. I think it's the conversation that we need to lead with in the fitness industry. Uh, too often, I think there's a couple, it's, it's layered. <laughs> to me, a lot of our entry points is what does your body look like? Aesthetics, right? And a lot of women specifically get into fitness to change their body, to change the way they look so that they can lose 10 pounds, so that they can fit this um, molds to shrink, to become smaller, to fit whatever society has told them is acceptable or deemed acceptable or is sexy for like a, a female ideal. And all of those things are rooted in white supremacy, misogyny, sexism, systems of oppression. And that is a lot of work to unwind all of those things. And to me, I don't, in my business and my practice, I don't lead with, hey, join the den and we're going to uproot all of your systems of internalized <laughs> in you. Like that's not the, the way I position it. But I do think it's a, it's a practice that I have, a learning that I have, an unwinding that I have of my own beliefs so that when I coach in the den, when I talk about the den, when I market the den, when I show up in my body to deliver strength and conditioning for other women, that comes across. And I think that piece gets missed a lot in the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. um, either people position themselves as, hey, let's break down like systems of oppression. Well, you haven't done that work 
in yourself to start having those conversations or it just goes missed altogether. And the goal is to lose 10 pounds or to change your aesthetic. And a lot of that stuff can be, it's a fine if you've done the internal work to understand where those beliefs, habits, um, where that identity comes from. Because once we move through it, you know, you're like, okay, well, maybe it's not the 10 pounds and I'm okay with my body now. It's not about aesthetics. It's not the way you look. It's, it's what my body can do, which is kind of like the second level. People go from like what their body looks like into performance and what their body can do, which is a lot of my conditioning around sport and soccer and you've got to perform like at high levels. Right. But that can also be a difficult place to live because what happens when your body can no longer perform in ways that you want or in ways that are acceptable? What happens when you get injured? So the places that we're placing our identities can be really problematic. If you place it in aesthetics and you're unhappy with the way it looks, well, now who are you? What's that identity? If you place it in the way that your body performs um, and then you get injured, now what is that identity? And for me, it really took an identity crack. Like I had to be shattered in those things to understand that that's not the way. And it is an unwinding and an unlearning of those beliefs, like my own what have I internalized? And also what is handed to me that, that has gone left unexamined? So when people come into my orbit or into the business or into the den, my hope is that that work shows up. So when I'm coaching, it's not from a place of fix your body, make it smaller or bigger or perform fat. Like those things can be outcomes but the deeper why is to show yourself compassion always, regardless, regardless if you do your workout to a T, regardless if you skip it for weeks on end. The compassion piece is what brings you back to your body and to yourself over and over and over again. And to me, that is the most important practice. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard, especially um, identity is so, it's such a hard thing to break through if it's something you haven't uh, done before. And it, and even when you have done it before, um, just like my experiences with like the brain is like, it takes a while to unlearn that stuff. Like you can, you can be like, oh, wow, I know this information, but like, do you, is it internalized in you yet? Probably not. Cause it takes like time to like do the things over and over and over again until you finally, until you finally get it. And I think that's what's really hard about, I mean, anything, but particularly with fitness and like the consistency side of it, is that it's hard. I think that people have a hard time with that consistency side because they get so wrapped up in their like identity with like, oh, if I'm, if I'm not living up to my identity, then that means I should do nothing. 
So a couple, like it makes me think of a couple of things. First of all, like who determines your identity, right? Like, and I think we place so much emphasis on external factors to determine our identity that it takes a lot of work, a lot of therapy to understand like who you are at your core. And that can change, like we're allowed to change. And number two, what you speak towards, Jackie, like specifically there is an embodiment practice. Like it is, we're so cut off from, from our body. Like we think, we literally think that we can think our way out of things. <laughs> we can reason like humans can reason, right? Like it's what sets us apart from, mm-hmm. from animals. Like we reason, but the problem is that we try to use our heads to reason our way out of everything. And we have to have some type of way to connect back into our bodies. And we have become so cut off from our bodies. We have literally become dismembered. Like if for for lack of better, we don't like really cut off your own. (laughs) We don't know how to drop into our bodies. We don't know how to connect head, body, heart, soul, all of those things together. Um, And so again, to me, the strength and conditioning piece, the training piece, the movement piece is a way to connect and drop back into your body. I had a mentor uh, say to me, one of the kindest things that you can give to another human is a regulated nervous system. And I think it's really, it kind of hit me like, dang, like, how do I regulate my nervous system? Like we talk about breathing in the fitness space and all of these benefits for breathing, but not like the deeper whys and the deeper connection. And I love like having these conversations because it's so easy to stick to the fluff on Instagram and not go deeper into the conversations. People talk about diaphragmatic breathing and how it's great for you know, your, your nervous system and you want to stimulate the parasympathetic, but also why? Because when I walk into a room, I'm being received as my body, right? Like you're reacting to me and my energy and my body. And if I'm like jacked up and my nervous system is all over the place and I'm nervous or I'm awkward or I'm anxious or I'm afraid or I'm joyful or happy or whatever, like people are going to read that energy And if I can learn how to drop into my body and regulate my nervous system, it's a totally different experience for me, for those around me. Yeah. That takes a lot of awareness and practice. And and you can do that with yoga, right? Like your breathing and your awareness of your body. You can do that with strength training. You can do that with meditation. You You can do that with so many things but it does take a consistent practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing is, is that if you, I mean, particularly I'm thinking of like anxiety and depression and it can be really, you know, uh, just really take you out because you're just like very much in your head and you need therapy and all those things to support you. And though movement, if you're consistently doing it, you get to get out of your head, out of those, 
out of those thoughts Mm -hmm. um, and actually feel your breath, actually feel your heartbeat. And when you practice those things consistently, then that's when the changes can actually happen outside of like the movement practice. But it does take work and it can be really hard when you're dealing with like mental illness or I don't know, like if, if you're in a, uh, not in a privileged status that you have the time to be able to work on those things. So it can be really hard. And I think for me, a lot of times what I see in the fitness industry, well, I think not so much anymore because I've like curated the people around me, but, um, they, I think that it's been told, or at least when I see patients like for physical therapy, they're like, well, if I'm not working out for 45 minutes, it's nothing. And it's like, no, if you can do like five minutes of like dedicated movement where you can get out of your head, that's amazing. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. The particularly online fitness space um, overcomplicates um, and creates a lot of barriers for people, I think it's very hierarchical of what the standards are and um, what like quote unquote counts. Um, and to me, I think it's a both and um, because it's if you start getting into all or nothing, well, then if you have five or 10 minutes and you are told that you need to get a full workout in for 45, well, then you're going to choose nothing, right? And I would rather have you choose those five or 10 minutes because of the accumulated effect, it does add up. Now, if you're talking to like some high level athletes that's training for a specific goal, of course, like five or 10, like that's not a training plan, right? Like I think there are caveats um, to these like sweeping generalizations that the fitness industry loves to make. So to me, I, I hate getting into these like pissing matches with people because the answer is usually it depends. And yes, and um, there is space for everyone because there's space for every body, everybody and every body. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fitness place is an interesting it's, it's an interesting space. It's, uh, I mean, I think I know that, you know, part of the reason why people say things the way they do on the internet is so that they can get eyes and attention on it. And if, mm-hmm. if you're saying like, it depends all the time, mm-hmm. it can be hard to get your message across. Mm-hmm. And though I do feel like if someone um, likes what you're sharing and likes what your business is about, like they'll get those nuances that it does depend. (laughs) But I do think for, for people that are just maybe starting out with like fitness or just starting to get into this world, it can be really overwhelming because it's like, you just see the, the polarized type of stuff. Yes. The polarized stuff. Um, the, the hot topics, the hot buttons, like those are flashy. Those are sexy. Those get likes, those get shared. Like it really, I always say like my business has been such a slow drip because it's, it's, you know, when you say it depends, when you say do the basics, when you say show up, do the boring stuff over and over and over again, it's not sexy. Right. <laughs> it's not like, Hey, come lose. 10 pounds in 10 days and, you know, get your 
guaranteed results and you know all your dreams will come true like that to me is very harmful to people because again you're looking looking for external validation you're looking for somebody else to solve those problems and it just never works like that and there's plenty of research to show you how damaging it is and how it doesn't work and yet it's so alluring wouldn't it be nice? Well, it might not work for everybody else, but maybe this one time it'll just work for me. But maybe I'll just use this one program to kickstart things. Like, it's it's alluring and it's sexy and we want that to work. And the hard thing <laughs> is doing the boring thing, is doing those consistent things. And what you see online and what you see as successful are the people that do those things for years and years and years and years and years. And then they show up and tell you this quick, easy fix. They don't show you all the boring, all the unflashy stuff. Um, and so it just, to me, it is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I'm to a point in my own career, my own life, my own identity, my own business, call it what you want, where it's like, I just don't have time anymore. Like I don't have time to debate with you. I don't have time to argue with you. I will call out your bullshit if you bring it to my doorstep. But like I have so many amazing people that I get to work with and have conversations with um, that I, w I just want to keep it moving. I want to keep yeah. it moving. We got, we got shit to do. We got work to do. We got, we got things to change. We got possibilities and dreams to create. Like let's keep it moving. <laughs> Right, right. There's no point in in feeding that beast more than it needs to be fed. <laughs> right. Well, and then particularly online, whose mind are you going to change? In the comments section? Like, I'm sorry, no. You need to be having true conversations and connecting with people and understanding why they have that belief in the first place. Why are they training that way in the first place? So to me, showing up online and being um, combative or you know, trolls, it, it just, it's such an energy drain. Um, and it's, it's not like you're changing minds. So right. why put your energy there? Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think sometimes the hard part of, though, is then when you get a client and they're like bought into that Yeah. and then you have to, I mean, at least me personally, like, I hold space for that as like a PT. Like I've had people ask me like how to lose weight and like how to look a certain way. Like what exercise, like what top exercise is going to give me six pack abs. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, well, that's mm. like, why, why do you want that? Like, what is, what's, what's that going to give you? Um, and I think the the saddest part is I get it mostly from women that are like postpartum of course that have like uh you know they just had a baby and they're already like I gotta I gotta get these like six pack abs when they did, probably they didn't have them before right. prior to the to the baby either and all of a sudden they're wrapped up in this world that I have to like get my body back and I think that's like the hardest part I don't really engage with like trolls online because it's not worth it and though in my mind, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, well, now I'm definitely going to see a client that has like seen this garbage and I have to help them 
mm-hmm. like unlearn that behavior. And sometimes actually clients, I think I've had like two clients that have like parted ways with me because they're like, well, you can't get me six pack abs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. I can't. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. I can't. Snapback <laughs> culture is super harmful. Um, and I'm a firm believer of meeting people where they're at. Right. Um, I definitely have had clients that have very specific aesthetic goals, which is fine. And there's so much more that comes into play when you're talking about specific goals like that. And what are you willing to do? And this is where a lot of that identity piece comes into play. Because if you want six pack at like, that is like really hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> do these core exercises. Like right. that's just not the way that works. Um, it's a ton of nutrition work, um, a ton of training work, very specific, like bodybuilding style training work um, that most moms I'll speak for myself, like they're just not willing to do. It's a full-time job. And again, it's, it's a dangerous game you play when you're putting, um, when you're putting all of your eggs in that basket. And to me, meeting people where they're at is never, I'm, I'm never like, oh, that, if you're going to work with me, that can't be your goal. I'm not going to help you with that. Like that's not, that's not my attitude when people come to me with those things. Um, and it's always met with compassion. Okay, cool. Like, let's keep that goal in mind. And what does your life look like right now? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your energy? What's making you happy? What's making you stressed? And I think once I start asking those questions and they're met with compassion, people start changing their tune. Um, And again, it's not like, oh, in two weeks, the six pack abs is no longer the goal. But I think people can get more curious around what those goals are for their body uh, because this ain't going away. You're not going to solve... Uh, you know, misogyny and sexism and like these societal standards for beauty (laughs) with like my coaching program. Like that's just not the way it works. But if we can meet people where they're at, meet them with compassion, show them their worthiness is inherent and that cool, you have these goals, that's fine. But can you show up in the body you have today Maybe not with body love, because I don't believe in like, just love your body. I think that's bullshit and again, (laughs) very harmful. But like body, can we work on some body neutrality? Can we start noticing? Sometimes the wins for my clients are, you noticed, you noticed that shitty little voice that told you that you're not working hard enough, just noticing it because it's so like ingrained in us. You're not doing enough. Keep working harder. You have to hustle. Like, right. Like sometimes I'll stop and be like, <laughs> the win is the noticing of the bull, right? Because then I can practice compassion coming back to whatever myself is. And so if we can meet clients where they're at, 
get curious, ask great questions, meet them with compassion, then they start that like little shift of like, oh, maybe I am unkind to myself or, oh, I want those six pack abs because I have a partner who tells me certain things, right? Like it's usually external things that are influencing our goals. So I'm really curious as to what those external things are and are they really for you? Because if you want to feel sexy, practice that. Put on a red lipstick. Right. Sexy. Like for me, right? Like from like, I'm going to feel fucking fire today. I'm going to put on a red lip. Like that's a practice Um, instead of shaming myself for not having six pack abs for years and years and years on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's so interesting how many ways that you can feel good in your body that don't include that, don't include that six-pack abs. There's so many ways that you can just feel good in your body and not, like you said, like, not like I love my body, but just feel like this is my body and I feel like I feel good in it and what it what it does for me. This is my body. Right. Like... There's nothing attached to that statement. And I think that's a great place to start. Look in the mirror. This is my body. This is my body on a Monday. Right. Nothing good or bad about it. You can do mantras and you can do affirmations and you can do that stuff um, to start moving the needle forward. But just showing up and saying, this is my body today. This is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) And because we're taught that like body love, sure, that can be the end goal. I love, I love my body, embrace my body. I'm sorry, not every day. (laughs) To me, it's unrealistic. And here we are once again, handing women, just love your body. As if loving your body every day is it. And it's, it's, again, it's unrealistic and it sets you up to fail And when you fail in our society, it's this like individual effort that now, see, you still couldn't do it. You're still a failure. Go join another coaching program. Go try another fitness program. Go try another diet to love your body. And it's just this perpetual cycle. And I hate it. Yeah, I totally get that. I, um, so, you know, we do meditation at, at, at the studio and, uh, one of the questions I, we get the most of is probably like, how do I stop my thoughts? And mm-hmm. my, my one teacher at the studio is he's very dry and like, very just like to the point. And he's like, well, you'd have to be dead. Like, you don't like, <laughs> you don't, you know, like you don't like your thoughts don't stop. And I think that's like really important to know with um, like being neutral about your body is that, like the thought, the negative thoughts are going to come in. And like, and like you said, observe them, notice them, mm-hmm. and then just like work on being compassionate. Cause it's not going to be easy to be compassionate about those thoughts right away, but mm-hmm. starting a practice of being compassionate about the thoughts that come up about your body, I think is the place to start to, to be neutral about it. Yeah. And I think what you said, that compassion piece that that to me is the practice um, because what happens 
we have all these thoughts and so often we think that those thoughts are true or that they're like us, right? And they're not. But what happens is you, the thoughts make you leave your body. They take you to the past where you're reliving stories, you're having like the best comeback that you should have said, or you're traveling into the future, you know, goal setting, great, 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 great. But when you start having all of these thoughts, you're planning, you're perceiving, you're you're doing all this stuff, right? How you continue to come back. And it's you, you have to come back again and again and again. And the way you come back matters. If, like, again, for meditation, and I'm always like mediocre meditator over here, like very casual, <laughs> sit and like, Oh my gosh, the thoughts like all the time. Can't I can't meditate, right? Because like the thoughts. Anyway, how you come back to yourself if it's with compassion is the practice. Because if I'm always coming back to me like, God dang it, Allison, there you go again. Oh, can't do anything right. Oh, these stupid thoughts. Oh, I am practicing that. Again, another mentor of mine said, you are always practicing. What do you want to be practicing? Right? Like, are you practicing compassion? Oh, okay. I'm noticing that thought. There I go. I'm planning the blah, 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 blah. Come on home. Compassion. So instead of like, I don't want thoughts or I don't want negative thoughts or I, you know, I'm not, no. Like, I'm not worried about the thoughts. I'm worried about the compassion piece coming back to myself instead of the berating, the unkindness, those things. Um, So to me, that's like, a it's been a shift for me because I'm always like, I can't meditate, I'm terrible at that. Or, oh, the body is a little today. Like, I'm still going to have those thoughts, but to know that one, they're not true. And two, I can say, oh, eh. Yeah, there it is. It's okay. Come on home. Here we are. You're always welcome back here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, thoughts. They're t- they're a tough one, and they're tough too. Because again, like you said, they're not true, and also many of them are not even your own. Right. Many of them are. <laughs> many of them are from some past situation or from something someone said to you, like it's, um, and that's also how, you know, it's when you get a practice of listening to your, to your thoughts, that's also how, you know, they're not true. Cause it's not you that actually created that thought. It came in from, from someone else. Yeah. That conditioning. Oof. <laughs> it's so, so strong. <laughs> so strong. So strong. Um, so I feel like we, we, we touched on this a bunch, but maybe just to make it more, more clear, what do you, what do you feel like in the fitness world that women, um, have misconceptions around like strength training? Um, to me, it's all about their why and their purpose for why Mm -hmm. they're doing it. Um, and it's, I think (sighs) 
using it for validation and to shrink and to fit some type of societal norm um, that isn't true anyway, that doesn't fix anything anyway, that that standard will always be changing, that it will always be a goalpost that is moving for you. And once you understand that is happening and will continue to happen. It's not like, oh, I see it happening and I'm going to stop it. Like, no, it's going to, they're going to continue to move the goalposts. Women's bodies are unfortunately always a battleground. We see playing out on the national stage in very dangerous ways. I think once you realize that, it allows you to um, understand that you had that power all along. I don't like, like, I'm not here to empower my clients. I'm here to help in the unlearning process and the reclaiming process that they had that power all along. And that standing in that power, owning your power, practicing that power is what gives you the autonomy, what gives you the choice um, around your body. And so to me, the, the biggest misconception in fitness is like, oh, just do this fitness program and look a certain way and you'll be happy. Bullshit. <laughs> because that goalpost is always moving. And once you realize it's a moving target that you'll never hit, you get to define your own target. Um, and that is the conversation that I'm interested in having uh, with the women that I work with. It is, I mean, if you go back in time, you look at what was like the standard for women's bodies in mm -hmm. like the 50s compared to right now, totally. it looks it looks different. Um, it's different for white women. It's different for black women. It's, it's, you go across cultures, it's different. Like it's, again, the standards just continue to morph and change and it, I think keeps us in this perpetual cycle of not enough. Right. See, you're not enough. Keep working harder. See, you're not enough. Go find the next thing. Go find the next program. Dump your money into the next beauty product. And it keeps us focused. It keeps the light shined over there because they, they metaphorical they, patriarchy, <laughs> is, I think, scared as shit if all of us realize that we didn't have to do that anymore. And I'm not saying that we would stop using makeup or stop trying to change our bodies or lifting or whatever, but I think the intention would be so different. Um, and gosh, just unlocking that magic. Can you, like, what would be unleashed on the world? It would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like powerful women that are confident in who they are and, and unapologetic yes. for who they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have one more question to ask you that I ask all my, all my people that come on here. Um, what is something that you would like to see uh, changed in healthcare? Changed in healthcare? Mm -hmm. Access. Access to healthcare. I just, I, I don't know. I'm being in the fitness industry, especially online is so different. I don't know a ton about like the systems that 
make it go. Um, but to me, the fact that we don't have universal health care and people that have access to it, and then you're in network or out of network and jump through this hoop and call this doctor, but it has to be this type of prescription. Like, there just seems like so many hoops. And I am a very privileged, have access to doctors and like, right? Like I, I have, I have the access and I'm still confused as hell about it. And so to me, I wish there was more access, more streamlined um, process to it all that would allow all of us to communicate for a more well-rounded approach to actually help people. Like doctors talking to physical therapists, talking to strength coaches, talking to nutritionists, we're all so siloed. Uh, and I think it just is exhausting for people to try to manage their health. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like you go see one person and then because the systems aren't connected, mm-hmm. you have to retell your entire story to like give the picture to the person that is in front of you. And right. it's just wild. And then also just, yeah, the system's just not easy. It's not easy to navigate. And if it's not easy for someone of like a privileged place, like how is it, how is it even working for other people? It's not, that's the answer. <laughs> it's not. Hmm. Um, well, thank you so much, Allison, for for chatting with me today. I love, um, I just, I, first off, I just love you. And I love your insights on strength and conditioning and, and how um, you're here to change how, how women get to feel more in their bodies and more empowered. I love having these conversations and I just adore you and working with you and the, the conversations that you're having with people in the world and the work that you're putting out in the world. It's just amazing. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. I forgot to ask Allison uh, during that interview where you can find her. So you can find her on Instagram at Allison Tenney, or you can find her at her website for allisontenneyfitness.com. And thanks so much for tuning in to this conversation this week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Your Health Matters. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And to learn more from me, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jackie Fenton. I look forward to chatting with you next week.